Second down and nine. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Second and Nine podcast. Uh, we're recording with you today on Saturday, February 22nd. Back a little bit late after the Super Bowl, but uh, what we've been doing behind the scenes is getting Tony a camera. So, Tony, show oh, yeah. your beautiful face. Hi, guys. How are you doing? What's up? How's it going? Hey, you Not recovered bad. yet from that uh, that Super Bowl? Uh, it was yeah, it was a good game. It was a fun game to watch, wasn't it? It was really uh, it's pretty good overall. My boy Debo did his thing. You yeah. were you were right on uh, many. You know, got to get you got to get get all the credit in the world for being right. Pick, you know, like you said, taking the easy way out and taking the the lowest possible odds for Super Bowl MVP, right? Yeah, the coward's I mean, way. The coward's way out. The coward's way out, but the the correct way out. So yeah, that's correct. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll lean on that all day, every day. I mean, I, I had been talking about. Mahomes and the Chiefs for weeks uh, prior so I, I couldn't really steer away from that pick and uh, that other pick that I had the uh, second half having more points total points than the first half that hit as well because the that first quarter was pretty slow as we had thought and uh, the one thing that was a little bit surprising to me though was that the 49ers really held down the the Chiefs for most of the pretty much like the whole first half and yeah. even a little a little chunk of like the beginning of the second half uh, but, Actually, KC scored zero points in the third quarter. Yeah, it was a it was a tremendous effort on the defensive side for the 49ers, and they played it a little bit conservatively offensively, and it could have and probably maybe bit them in the butt a little bit. But they uh, they they put up a fight, I think, against the monster offense that's probably going to still be haunting the NFL or the other teams in the NFL for the next yeah. at least two three years. Yeah, they have the just such disgusting weapons and just Pat Mahomes is just, he's so, he's so ridiculous. It's like, I, I got to talk to my nephew because my nephew thinks he's the Madden King now that he's been, he's beaten me a couple more times than I've beaten him this year, but he's playing with Pat Mahomes. Is it even, is it even fair? I mean, well, I, I, it doesn't sound surprising that you're losing a Madden. That's oh, been wow. a trend for years uh, since we were yeah. kids. You know, we should just, we should have a, a live stream game. Maybe me, me <laughs> I, I would do that. And I haven't played in years. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'll, I'll beat you a hundred to zero guarantee. P- PS2, what was it, 07? No, no, no. I'm talking about the new updated Madden, bro. Get, get your game up, bro. Get your game up. <laughs> let's, let's, talk, let's talk about this game. You know, because I, I, when I was talking to you right before we went on, and I, and I, I, like, uh, I like the parallel to, to be drawn, Kyle Shanahan kind of did – I mean, I, I'm not going to say he blew it because, you know, KC is just, you know, ridiculous. And, like, and like, as you said earlier, it's just maybe a matter of time before that offense caught, caught fire and they scored 21 21- – unanswered points in the fourth quarter. I mean, that uh, had a lot to do with the outcome of the game. Obviously they were winning 20 to 10 in the, in going into the fourth and they scored 21 unanswered points. Like, and that is what covered your bet because the first half only scored 20 points overall and Casey alone scored 21 in the second half. And then uh, San Fran added another 10. So I covered your bet pretty, pretty comfortably, but uh, Kyle Shanahan way too conservative uh, with a 28 to three lead against the, um, the Patriots in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago as the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. And then this year, maybe a little too, you know, I mean, sorry, a little too aggressive the first time, throwing the ball too much and stopping the clock with incompletions. And this time a little bit too conservative. Didn't go for points at the end of the half. You know, I mean, they didn't score anything in, in, uh, in the fourth quarter. I mean, but you're, you got a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. You just got to run the clock out and score some, you know, score some points, get a touchdown, you win the game. One touchdown, they win, they win the game. And you know, not, not maybe that not winning actually, because you know, one touchdown would have been twenty-seven. They, I mean, just Mahomes, just with that explosion at the end of the, it was unbelievable. I, I was feeling so good. I'm telling you, I was telling my wife, I was like, I was right, I was right, I, was, I got it right. 
the third the, in the fourth quarter, and the, and the Mahomes just snatched my heart out of my chest and ripped it out. I didn't sweat one bit. <laughs> you, you were cool. You were cool. <laughs> I had cool, calm, and collected eating yeah, nachos. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, but no. Remember what I had said either the last episode or two episodes ago, just about Mahomes and that offense. That team can put up points. They can put up 14 points in two, in two plays. Yeah. So it, it doesn't surprise me that they clawed back from a 10-point deficit in the, even in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl because I think they're that good. And you got to give credit to uh, a guy like Tra- Travis Kelsey as well. The guy is an absolute freak of nature. I don't know if we've seen a tight end as athletic, uh, agile, and with such good hands as yeah. he is because he's – you can, he's one of those guys that you can put anywhere on the field and he's going to make plays, especially with a guy like Mahomes throwing it to him. So yeah. it's with that dynamic plus Tyreek Hill. It's just we, the weapons. It's we, just yeah, his weapons. We've it's talked just, about it at, at nauseum. Their weapons Mah- are just insane. Mahomes is just the, already the best quarterback in the league. He's got Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. I mean, they're probably going to lose Sammy Watkins this offseason, but I don't think it's going to even matter. It's, they don't even need him. They, it's Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, and even Damian Williams. Damian Williams had 100 yards. I didn't even, I'm looking at the stats right now. I didn't even really realize that he had such a successful day 17 carries 104 six yards per carry and a touchdown yeah yeah the controversial he, touchdown in the corner of the end zone which was, was a in. pretty big touchdown at the time i thought he was in too but then i, 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 I didn't think that was like equal hardman who's going to be probably a lot more involved in the offense yeah. next year when it, it's like it, it's like uh it's like tyree hill jr michael Harmon with his electricity how fast he is and how electric he is yeah. it's a tough team it's gonna be a really tough team to be for years to come and, I mean, they got a great coach as well. So, they're really – they're pretty stacked right now. It's unbelievable, too, how late Mahomes went. And that Mitch Trubisky went second. The Bears traded up a spot to get Mitch Trubisky. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's – hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. Yeah. But I didn't – I personally didn't watch uh, really much of any of Mahomes, like, in college. But uh, after the fact, after we see him playing so well, people start to look back at his statistics, his highlights and stuff. And then you start seeing – games where he had seven touchdown seven touchdown yeah. passes in a game and it, it kind of maybe should have been an eye-opener back then even but it gets written off a little bit. yeah it gets written off it gets watered yeah. down because it's in the big 12 because that's the yeah. type and of it's co- in college football in general it's just you know sometimes there's just you know there's guys who put, light it up and who are not really you know nfl viable quarterbacks i mean i'm not saying that about Mahomes, but it's just you know there's people write it off big you know like you said it's not a you know big uh, big time. It's not like the SEC or anything like that. So people write it off. It's crazy. And it's, it's unbelievable. Quarterback is also the probably the by far the toughest. Oh, hardest. Uh, yeah, I agree. Position to evaluate and going into the pros. But let's uh, let's stay on the Chiefs. But let's already transition into next year. I know we're only at February twenty second. But uh, what do you think Ooh. the likelihood of the Chiefs repeating is? Uh, I think there. It's obviously year to year. There's a lot of parity. There's a lot of changes going on. It's incredibly difficult, but yeah. Yeah, there's going to be different uh, players and turnover on the team. Uh, What do you think of the chances that they they can repeat next year? Because they're they're obviously in, I would say, a weaker conference than like the NFC. Yeah. The Patriots, you would imagine, will be back, but we don't know what the status of Brady is. Yeah, we don't know where he's going to be. There's a lot of changes potentially and a lot of opportunity for them, I think, to maybe possibly repeat. Yeah, I mean, I think they're they're a great team, but again, I, I, their defense is not so impressive to me. They have some pieces. They have some free agents too that they're gonna have to pay when in the offseason. With like uh, Chris Jones is a free agent. Uh, Pat Mahomes is gonna get uh, you know sixty, fifty something like million dollars in a year in this next contract, and uh, so I mean, it's gonna, things are gonna change, and they can. I mean, I feel like it's just incredibly difficult 
you know, to pick a team against the field to, for me. It's just no matter what team it is. But, I mean, they have as good a chance of winning it next year as anyone. All right. I mean, you got to put them near the top, right? Yeah, I would agree. I'd be interested to see what Vegas's odds are uh, early on for to win the Super Bowl next year. I would. Assume, they got to be the lowest, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I would assume that they would be the favorite, the front runner, right in the beginning. Uh, but yeah, if they're if all those guys are healthy, I, at, at least to get to the Super Bowl, I can see them. Uh, yeah, definitely. Back yeah. There again, like you said, the AFC is not the strongest either. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna play into their hands a little bit, and then you can't count Pat Mahomes out of any game. He's just he's so he's so dynamic. He's just he's unbelievable. You can't stop him, Matt. It's not even doesn't even count if you beat me with him, Dan. <laughs> Someone's still sour about Matt <laughs> taking those Madden L's. Yeah, All right, two games. Uh, man. Down two games. Let's transition then into uh, these interesting comments that we got from uh, our oh, boy. from Alabama to a Tago Viola. He came out and said this earlier this week that uh, he would, if he had to pick a team to go to, he would love to go to the Dallas Cowboys. Tony, what do you think is the reality of this coming to fruition and right. the Cowboys is kicking Dak to the curb and not paying him the money that he wants and what you think that he deserves? Well, okay. Well, uh, there's a lot to unpack there, okay, because the way you set it up. Um, <laughs> let's start with the, you know, the, you know, this, this little two coming. Uh, like I said to you before, and you said it was the most Cowboy thing to say, you know, that I could possibly say, but. That was the most Cowboy a thing lot of. Heard. Cowboys have a huge fan base all over the place. So a lot of players, when they grow up I mean, and they become NFL players, they, are, they were Cowboy fans growing up. So that's all this is, is Tua was a Cowboys fan. Like I said to you before, Melvin Gordon, I remember when he came out, was saying he would love to, he wanted to play for the Cowboys. And the Cowboys were picking around this spot where he, you know, he, he could have gone. So, you know, it, it doesn't, doesn't mean much to me. Like, in reality, what can happen? Okay, let's, let's examine it. Um, well, I mean, the way I would examine just him in particular, he's from Hawaii. There's no team out there. Uh, and at the time when he was growing up, there wasn't an L.A. team. Uh, but he's American. No, no, I know America's he's American. Team. It's America's uh, team. Okay. I, I didn't even realize that you, that's where you were going. But it's America. That's kind I of mean, like where I was going. I'm American. You're American. Team. We're yeah, American. no team to root for. He's just going to pick the, the bandwagon team. Uh, okay. Okay. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got Cali right there. I mean, I mean, you would no, assume. No, that's what I was saying. Like, back when he was growing up, which wasn't that long ago, but at the time he didn't have any L.A. teams. So he had, and in terms of West Coast teams, you got the Seahawks, you got the 49ers, you got the Raiders, I mean, and you got to, the Chargers. In, in all fairness, too, though, I mean, you can't really call him a bandwagon fan because I, I just looked it up right now. He's 21 years old. He was born in 1998. I mean, the Cowboys were – bad his whole life <laughs> they were not very good his entire life so i mean i don't know how much of a bandwagon situation it is so. that's it's true just, but let's let's get on the topic of what you think you think that this could actually be a reality and then if it is okay. how would you be looking at this as a cowboy fan okay it's a all right i'll say the chances of it happening are non-zero there's a non-zero chance so it's anywhere and i, and I would put that non-zero chance anywhere from 0.1 percent to one percent chance of happening that's how, that's it's very unlikely but not impo completely impossible but like the, like it's kind of illogical because i heard uh i was just listening uh who was it i think it was doug gottlieb i was listening to a, a youtube video of him earlier talking about it like they, they should dump dak and get tua but it doesn't make sense really either because regardless of how much you're gonna have to pay dak by giving up those picks to, to trade up, you're now losing out on cheap talent. So, yeah, you're going to save money on your quarterback, but you're also losing your picks that allow you to have cheap talent in your team. So, like, this is like a, how I always explain it, too. Like, 
I don't know. I, I understand the concept of why people think that it's important to have a quarterback on their rookie contract because obviously it's a huge advantage, but it's, you know, it's a very short window. First of all, uh, you know, a, a good, getting a good quarterback on a rookie deal, you know, usually takes a couple of years before they're even starting. And then by the time they develop their, their contract is pretty much up and they're getting paid. But I just don't see the difference. Like if the Cowboys hypothetically have to pay Dak, let's say it's $37 million. So it ends up being, you know, let's say it's 37 million. I mean, if they were paying him 20 million, people would be like, oh, they'd have no problem with that. But, you know, they have – every team's going to have $17 million of between dead money and players that go on injury reserve. Every team is going to face these issues. Does it make it more difficult to put your – you know, build the kind of talent around your, you know, team to uh, to compete? Of course it does. Paying your quarterback that amount is, of course, going to impact you. But it's not, like, completely, like, you know, life-changing. You, you know, each team has to structure their contracts and – who they're signing and the free agents and their draft picks around how their team is constructed. And once you have to pay your quarterback that to that level, obviously it hurts, but you know, like I said, if you're going to have to give up a first and a second round, you're going to have to give the, your first round pick this year, your first round pick next year and a second round pick this year, you're losing out on three starters, potentially three starters on your team to get a, a quarterback that's unproven. I just don't think it's, you know, and he's got, you know, injury issues as well. But it's funny that you said this, cause I was thinking about this. This is, I was talking to my brother-in-law actually about this. Uh, it's an interesting year. We were just talking about it too. The quarterbacks, a lot of different quarterbacks could be on the move. Like, I mean, Cam Newton could hypothetically become available. Derek Carr could become available. Brady could could possibly leave the Patriots. He's a free agent. Um, Andy Dalton's definitely leaving. Um, um, Mariota is going to be free. I mean, I'm, I'm just not not advocating the Cowboys go get Andy Dalton as their starter over over Dak. But the point is, there's a, a lot of quarterback movement this year, and it could like someone a team signing like let's say the titans sign brady now Tannehill's going to be a free agent too and go somewhere else you know it's like Tannehill signed somewhere and then have that team having a quarterback could allow another quarterback to become available you know because you really you know you're looking at getting your one starting quarterback you're not trying to get multiple starting quarterbacks so i mean it is an interesting year for Dak's contract to be up because i would not be opposed at all to the cowboys going in the direction of brady and drafting a quarterback for the future. I would not be opposed to at all for like something like that happening or, or going after a Matt Stafford. If Matt Stafford might come available, there's, there's talk about the Lions wanting to get rid of Matt Stafford and move on from him. And didn't if his that, wife make a comment about yes, him yeah. continuing to stay there? I think that that is actually uh, the route. He's a that, Texas kid. Yeah, he's he a is Texas a Texas kid. kid. I, I would, if I'm the Cowboys, that's the I route would I that. think that oh, I God. would go. I don't think that Brady the Cowboys is a realistic – I can't see Brady going like going to the Cowboys. I think the only way that Brady leaves is if uh, he's got a really good coaching staff and, and culture in place in whatever franchise he goes to. The Titans out there. And yeah, I could actually surprisingly see that just because of the Vrabel regime put in place there. But yeah. uh, they were they were really good last year and their running game is sick. Man. I mean, he would he would do and they have, they have a pretty good defense. He, he would yeah. do really well there. But going back to the like the Tua conversation, I uh, I mean I I agree with you, and I think it it would be a big risk to go that route because of like the capital that you'd be giving up for him. But then on top of that, the guy had a serious hip injury, so yeah. you don't know where he at he is, is where he's going to be at physically to be able to play. Because I don't even think he would be ready for the beginning of the next season, would he? Because he, uh, he he got injured pretty late in the season. In that interview, I think he's going to be healthy to 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 like you know, practice and stuff. But he was basically saying in that interview that he would be willing to sit behind Dak basically for the, for a season and, and, uh, and learn before he, you know, then competes for a job. So I don't know if that means he's not going to be healthy or not, not, not exactly sure, but he, he has sustained 
multiple injuries, right? I think two years in a row he was injured, and this past season he had an ankle and then the hip injury too. So it's you know it's it could be an issue. I mean, he's got a little injury prone nature to him. It's also a a little bit of an issue too for the franchise because I know that we had this conversation in the past where I I was on the side of Cowboys have a a very good young roster with guys at manageable contracts, but that window will eventually start continue to shrink. And yes. once well, not if you, you, not if you keep the, not if you keep drafting though, if you keep drafting again, well have, every year, you have to keep being that successful at, at yeah. drafting. But they haven't even been that successful. They've been solid. They haven't been great. They have been solid. So well, it's not they've, a, had, they've had a few big hits, which yeah. are uh, and they've had a couple misses too. So I mean, you know, every team goes through the same thing. Every team has hits and misses. You know, it's just the overall. You know, I mean, the overall has to be more hits than misses. Obviously, you want to, you know. And that doesn't hurt to hit on fourth round picks. Like, I mean, like the Giants got that kid Darius Slayton in what, the fifth round. Like, I mean, when you get yeah. starters that you're get picking up in the fifth round, that, you know, can continue this going on and on and on. I mean, you could bust first and second round picks if you pick up a starter in the third, fourth, and fifth. I mean, it, it, it makes up for it. So, I mean, it's just a little bit of a, you know, like a little crapshoot sometimes. Yeah, what I was getting at, though, was just that the fact that Tua, it, it would set them back an extra year. Yeah. Because if that's the case – they're going to be putting Zach in there and have Tua sit back and quote unquote learn, sure. yeah. but that's not going to put Zach in a situation where it's, he's going to be yeah. completely filled with confidence. Well, instead of adding a team, it's a player likely to... going to be a lost year. Yeah. It's like, you know, instead of adding a player that can help the team, you're adding a, a quarterback player for the future. So yeah, yeah, definitely not going to help for this season. But again, like the, you could do different things with that too, because the, the cap is, everyone makes it out. Like the, like the cap is like, um, not fluid. The cap is very fluid. You can like the Cowboys rolled over almost like $20 million from last season. That's why the Cowboys have nearly $80 million of cap space this year because they were able to roll over money from last season. They, like, that's what I was explaining to you too. Like a lot of the money that we're talking about for Dak was allocated for last year. Dak had over $20 million allocated for him last year. They were trying to get a deal done, didn't get done, but it rolled over to this year. So they're going to be able to use it into this year's, you know, signing whoever they need, whether it's Amari Cooper and Dak or whatever. But like I said, I, I mean, the likelihood of Tua, and I agree, it's, it's, it would be – the reason the Cowboys signed, um, you know, this, what's his name? Oh, God, I forgot. I'm just the coach, our new coach, uh, McCarthy. Mark McCarthy is because they're looking to win now. They didn't go for a, a young coach that's going to take time to develop. They didn't go for, like, a, a Matt Rule or, like, you know, one of these guys who, are, you know, you want to maybe start over with a new quarterback. But that's another reason why it could be possible that the Cowboys do move on from Dak because, I mean, who knows if Mike McCarthy loves Dak you know, more than he would, especially if Dak keeps like, if Dak signs a contract now, I think if, the, if Dak was willing to play ball a little bit more with the Cowboys right now, they'd sign him right now and they'd, they'd commit to him long-term. But I think their mentality kind of is we can franchise tag you. And, and especially in a year like this, maybe something else will come up. Who knows? Like, and like you said, like you always said, like, it's a, you know, it's a huge conundrum because you don't want to insult Dak with the franchise tag. You don't want to insult, but, but you're going to, the Cowboys are going to have the position of, well, I'm not insulting you. We just we haven't gotten a deal done yet. We're gonna get a deal done, but, but we haven't gotten done yet. So I need to do this as a placeholder to get us a, a long-term deal with you signed. That's also it, it's you could look at it a couple different ways though. Like that that could be the beginning of the quote-unquote insult yeah. to Dak because yeah. once Dak once that happens, then then Dak is kind of on notice in that situation. And then if different things start to fall, where you can see the writing on the wall. Oh, the Cowboys are in contact with this person, or with Tom Brady. Scouts, or oh, yeah, or they talk to. There's a lot of different night. scenarios draft where night, the, the Lions can, call the Lions call draft night. Well, who knows? Who knows what what could happen? Yeah, and you know how? I mean, 
these franchises at the end of the day are all businesses. So they're always entertaining different opportunities to build the the business to be a better product. So I, I think either way it's going, it's it's going to be uh, like, if they're going to go that route and not pay him, it'll, I think it it could potentially affect one, his, his play and two his confidence. So and then both. I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't. I'm, I'm a, I wouldn't be worried about Dak's confidence in his play because Dak, one, he's a professional. He's like a good. He's not like an Odell Beckham type personality. I don't think he's gonna, you know, tank the team. I think he's just, he's just always been second guessed his whole career, and it's just part of what you know what he's used to. I feel like is you know he's he's always kind of not been good enough for people to completely commit to him. Like every time he, he even mentioned one time in an interview, I heard. He's like, every time he's gotten a starting job, it's always been because someone else got hurt and he was able to step up into place and then he never gets a job back. So, I mean, it's just, that's just kind of his nature. But I mean, also, ultimately, I don't think the Cowboys do anything with this. I think the Cowboys are going to stick with Dak Prescott. It's, just, it's very unlikely I think they make a change. I mean, I would love to see it for Brady or like Brady for a short term. I wouldn't like as much as Stafford or even Derek Carr. I, I don't think Derek Carr is such an upgrade over Dak, but I think with our team, I think Derek Carr could really do work. I think he'd be really good. Yeah, I, I personally, I like Stafford. I mean, Stafford's yeah. had he's to play with ones. Detroit Lions his whole yeah. career, and he's put up pretty big numbers at yeah. times when he's been healthy. He's had, he had one guy. three issues he had one guy. at times. He had, yeah, one he's, he had Calvin Johnson, who he That's hasn't it. had for a while. So, I, I mean, if I'm looking at a potential change with the Cowboys, I, wouldn't be, I would be looking more towards Stafford than I would for Tua because I think there's a little bit too much risk on the Tua side to – to take a kid that was injured that much and a kid that I didn't, he didn't necessarily show me that he, from what I saw his play on the field, that he's going to be a big time franchise quarterback in the NFL. I think he could, he could be it's an NFL player. It's kind of hard to tell at this point. Yeah, it's hard to tell, but, but he, it, looks, he looks fairly accurate. I think he looks pretty accurate overall. He does, but I, I, I think that that one of the most, like we were saying before, the most, uh, the toughest position to evaluate going yeah, from a college to pros as quarterback and then to even add an extra layer to that the hardest player to evaluate in that segment is the Alabama quarterback because he's yeah. got so much around him so much talent yeah. around him an amazing offensive line a great defense it, so yeah. I think all of those factors I have I'm not necessarily convinced not that not to say that he's not going to amount to anything NFL but I think there's too many question marks for me there to yeah. make that big of a move to, to go away from the Cowboys quarterback currently. I agree. All right. Uh, last thing that we're going to touch on before we, uh, we log off for the day is uh, how do you feel about this whole 17-game season situation, an extra playoff spot? I, I've, I already saw, I think it was yesterday, J.J. Watt tweeted out basically saying, like, this isn't going to fly, and Richard Sherman, like, retweeted it. Oh, no, yeah. And, uh, and liked it. It's – it's a kind of an interesting situation, especially with all the concussions that we have like throughout the year and all the injuries and stuff. I don't think the Players Association is going to let it fly, but uh, you never know with these types of things. Well, I was reading a tweet that was explaining uh, the proposal. I think it was Adam Schefter or some, one of those guys. Uh, and the proposal was basically saying if they do agree for the extra playoff game and the extra game during the season – um, the percentage of their revenue of the players' ownership of it, the, their part of the overall revenue that, of the NFL would increase. Like, I think it's like a half a percent. Uh, and then if it goes like, – I think if they add one – I forget exactly how it was panned out, but the guy at the end of the tweet said it would shift $5 billion, something, something ridiculous, or $500 million maybe. It was something – some ridiculous amount of money to the player side. So 
Yeah. I mean, it's a lot more money. It's a lot more money. Why would they, why would they not do it? And I, I don't see a problem with it as long as you increase the roster size. Uh, meaning you, you know, maybe you have, instead of 46 man game day roster, you have a 53 man great game day roster. Maybe you increase the overall roster to like 60 or 65, even with the practice squad and everything, you know, you increase the roster size a little bit. So you have more players. I mean, maybe well, it will take down the, you know, the player pool a little bit, maybe, but it also could, you know, sometimes when those practice squad corners end up in the game is when you get those high scoring games. Cause you know, they can't cover those guys and you know, you get up getting a, you know, 40 point scoring games. And I think, I think the NFL wants to see a lot of points too. I think they could do something where if they eliminated two preseason games and added one more regular season game and a regular season buy for every team. Now every, maybe like every week that someone has a, a Thursday night game, you can have a bye week by default right after because almost almost every team is playing a Thursday night game at some point during the season now you can give a bye week after that every time you get two bye weeks during the season give t- players a little extra time to rest I mean I don't think it's incredibly crazy to think that they can add it I mean I think it's smart for the players to have the stance of you know hard no this is a this is a negotiation so the more you come with the position no I don't want that I don't want that of course they're going to try to you know sway you with you know more money which is what they need and actually, no, this is, you know, I, you know, you always tell me I make everything about the Cowboys and Dak. I'm going to go back to Dak on this conversation because it's something I wanted to mention before. Um, it's another thing about Dak's contract right now, too. Why Dak's kind of holding out for a lot more money, in my opinion, is that the cap is about to go up quite a bit with this new collective bargaining agreement. So, you know, he, the quarterback rates are going to go up with that. So I think he's trying to, trying to foolproof his, you know, if he took the 32 33 million dollars which is probably his market value his true market value right now then he's you know he's going to be underpaid very shortly even more so than a normal progression as you know remember i was doing that diagram when we you know you said i did the whole report of of all the progression of all the quarterbacks have come up and how every year the you know the new quarterbacks get signed and the last ones get pushed down and all of a sudden cam newton's making only 21 million dollars and he's like the 10th highest paid quarterback well i mean that's that's because the market get, keeps getting reset. Well, the market's going to get reset in, in a higher way with this new collective bargaining agreement. So especially now with the sports gambling all involved in this too, the, the revenue is just going to just keep building. Oh yeah. A hundred percent gambling. I'm not surprised when I hear the numbers about gambling, especially in New Jersey, but it's, it's a huge reg, revenue driver for the league. And yeah. uh, this would be like an even bigger one uh, in my opinion, because I mean, you're taking in, like I said, the 17, uh, or 17 weeks. So you get one extra week of play plus an extra playoff week, essentially, or an extra playoff game. And you're, you're dealing with uh, or getting all the revenue from that. It's, it's a lot of money that the players can potentially bring in. And, and yeah, I completely agree with you with the, from like the, the pay side, especially in a situation like Dak. Like he would potentially be – a bargain maybe over the next like five years if they get him for $32 million as ridiculous as that sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying he's, that's why he's, he's going to probably end up in like the 36, 37 range. Honestly, I really didn't think that originally. I really thought his absolute cap was like 33, 34, but I think it's probably going to be closer to 36, 37. Um, another thing we were just it's talking crazy. about. Yeah, it is. It really is crazy. But like I said, I don't, I don't mind the move of keeping Dak, but I do think this is a unique opportunity with these quarterbacks coming up in you know this coming off off season I think it's a unique opportunity for the Cowboys to kind of secretly you know behind closed doors shop the idea of of finding a way to get Stafford on the team or finding a way to get maybe one of these other quarterbacks like Brady who's who's coming available I mean and then move on from Dak even you could trade him and bring in more assets and build around Brady for the next two years and then draft the quarterbacks to try to you know be your future but I mean that's 
a short-sighted move and that could hurt you in the long run. But I mean, if you win a Super Bowl in the next two years, it's worth it. But if you don't, now you've, you know, kind of hurt yourself in the future because Dak is going to be a really good quarterback for years to come. He's, he, I don't think he's ever going to become the best quarterback in the league or a top quarterback in the league. Oh, you roll your eyes at that. You really don't think like, – how like, – it's crazy that you'll uh, – in one breath said he's the top 10 to 12, 15 quarterback, and then in the next breath you roll your eyes at like that. How many top 10 quarterbacks are there in the league? Like, well, I think it was just the enthusiasm that you had while you were saying it made it seem like it was – He's going to be one of the top tier quarterbacks in years to come because he keeps getting better and better. Well, he keeps getting better and better, and he's already – you can – you would – a harsh critic like you will put him at 12, 13, 14 now, so you think it's out of the realm of possibility that he's a top 10 quarterback by the time he's, uh, you know, a seasoned veteran in the league? No, for, I, I never said that there's no chance of that happening, but – He's a really good I, player. Why does everyone crap on this guy? I don't get it. He's a really good player. Is he the best quarterback? Is he the most accurate quarterback? No, he's a really good player. He's a really great leader too, which is very important for that position. I mean, let's you know, let's let's move on from this because <laughs> we're just going to argue about this. Um, another interesting point was the seventh game in the playoffs. Like for instance, this year it would have been the the seventh seed would have been the um, what was it? the Rams, and they would have played the Packers in the in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, that game that game could have gone either way. Steelers would have made it too on the AFC and side. Steelers. And it would have been Steelers versus who? Who was the sixth seed in the AFC? It was Steelers. Oh, it would have been Steelers KC. <laughs> that would not. See, that would have been. It's funny. Oh, like, KC, on, KC had the, the bye. They were the they second were, seed. Yeah. But so the seventh seed. Oh, the yeah, that's seed. right. Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't mention. Yeah. There would only be one bye per conference with seven exactly. teams so, making it. So the yeah. Chiefs. So, like, I mean, I think in each conference, you could see a pro and a con. Do I think it would have been an interesting game to watch the Steelers play the. the, the Chiefs? No, that would have been terrible. The Chiefs would have trounced them. But, but I the think Chiefs the Rams could play the Rams could have been, the Chiefs also has to play an extra game, right. which could maybe, affect maybe, them going forward. Yeah, man. Maybe someone gets hurt. You know, like even imagine Mahomes gets hurt in, in a, a playing a, a seven seed team instead of having a bye week. You know, that's it changes everything. It changes the whole the league. And you know what? I was telling my nephew, and I mean, look, this is all right, this is a little bit of a stretch. There's a little bit of a, a reach here by me. But I mean Hypothetically speaking, the Rams could have totally beaten the Packers, in my opinion. I, I think that's – I mean, I, I wouldn't have put money on them. I think the Packers would have probably won the game. But the Rams could have definitely beaten – you know, it definitely had a chance to beat the Packers. It would, it would, have, been a, it would have been a game. And then the, they would have moved on to play the number one seed, which is the Super Bowl loser, the 49ers, who is a division rival. You know, Rams, Rams lost by three points one time. They lost both games against the Niners, but they lost by three points on one of those games. Like – in, in division games, anything can happen. The Rams could hypothetically have beaten even the 49ers and knocked them out of it. Maybe the Saints would have been representing the NFC in the playoffs. So it, it can change the dynamics. So I think that there's a pro and a con right there. Like, I don't think the Steelers deserved it. And like a lot of people were saying more 8-8 eight and eight teams were going to make it, and that's not a good thing. But uh, my point would, was, uh, no, it's not going to be 8-8 eight eight teams. It'll be like maybe an 8-9 and nine team because uh, it'll be an extra 17th game in the season too. Maybe, yeah, maybe I think at the end of the day, it's all about this. It's all about the green. It's all about the money. This is Cash rules everything around me. Mm. You know the you know the phrase. So we both I, just I, quoted I, rappers at the same exact time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a truth though because uh, I mean it's a business. Like I said earlier, it's uh, this is the route that these leagues are going. The same with baseball right now. Baseball and football are kind of in their own conundrums right now, where they're trying to change not trying to change the essence of the game but with the rule changes that they're trying to implement 
it's going to somewhat change the essence of the game and how I don't like, the game I don't like what baseball's played. doing. I don't like what baseball's doing. They really, that's going forward, the three batter rule for relievers, think, that's official? I don't think that's official yet, but okay. they've thrown around different things. I mean, they've really thrown stupid. around the, the thing about at some point, I think it was in one of the extra, maybe in like the 11th inning, they would start the inning with a player on second base. Like they've thrown around that idea just to try and get these games to not last as long. I mean, how many games go? How many games go? Thirteen, fourteen innings, like eight, ten during the season. I mean, how many times does it happen? Some, some do, but they usually come at the most inopportune time, where the team is on the road on the last game on a road trip, and they got to get back home for the next. Put an outfielder in there. Put an outfielder in their pitch. You know, if you don't want to waste your bullpen, put an outfielder in the. Well, well, hold on. I have a question. I have a question. One, I know we shouldn't be about this. Yeah, this is it. One, one question for you as a Yankee fan: Are you? Do you feel cheated by the Astros and the whole scandal? Do you feel cheated? Yeah, kind of, but I, uh, See, I, 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 don't, a, I don't think, I think the Astros hypocrite. are the only people that have cheated. I agree with that. Uh, and how can, isn't that kind of hypocritical? I mean, weren't the Yankees right in the thick of the whole steroid thing? I mean, Roger Clemens threw a bat having a roid rage at, at Mike Piazza. You guys were not in the thick of all that performance-enhancing drugs, which is probably, what, I, mean, I would argue, listen, way more. If, listen, every – Every, I guarantee you, every single baseball team has at least one player that does steroids or does. Yeah, and I bet some you every single baseball team has some kind of sign stealing or something. Sign stealing is one thing, but potentially the rumor wearing a buzzer on your shoulder. That's crazy. That's, crazy. that's pretty crazy. That's so pretty um, that's crazy, a little yeah. bit over the top. We're using technology to that degree. And I mean, a lot of people didn't really notice it at first, but like, Altuve, when he was running home, he was holding his shirt, saying, don't rip off my shirt. And then apparently right after the fact, after he scored, where you just booked a place in the World Series, you should be celebrating, going crazy on the field with your teammates. He ran back into the clubhouse or into the I saw the clip, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's that whole situation. It's pretty sketch. It's pretty sketch. Pretty pretty sketch is right. Uh, You know what's not sketch? The Second and Nine podcast. And I think we're going to close it up for the day. Well done. We'll talk to you guys next time. Second and, at Second and Nine on Twitter. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you could find podcasts, uh, we'll upload it at some point uh, later today. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon when we do our, our Crow segment. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a draft. Some offseason, and yeah. Off-season stuff. Stuff going. So we'll talk to you guys soon. See you later, Tony. Later, guys.